welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you how each life event links to the next. I'll also be interviewing author Michael J. Black, who reviews his acclaimed book, Happy Endings and a New Beginning. This book recounts his personal story of abuse and the choices he made to become the amazing person he is today. His story will inspire you and help you realize that your choices today create the foundation for tomorrow. For more information about Michael, please visit his Facebook page by simply searching Michael Joseph Black. You may also purchase his book in any digital bookstore or simply go to the previous guest products in both stores at either jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. If you're anything like me, you'll love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. Your life is like a jigsaw puzzle. When I was a little boy, and even today, I love to do puzzles. When I would open up the box and spread all the pieces out, sometimes some of those pieces didn't make sense. It seemed as if the manufacturer had thrown in some random pieces that just didn't seem like they fit anywhere. And as I would work on that puzzle, I would start to see a pattern. Perhaps if there were a group of trees, I could put all the trees together. Or if there was a bridge, I could connect all the pieces that looked like a bridge. And as I created that puzzle, things started to make sense. Some of those pieces that I thought were random and just weren't a part of the puzzle actually filled in the background or actually were pivotal pieces in that puzzle. Did you realize that your life is just like a jigsaw puzzle? It's a great analogy because each event in our life is somehow connected to another event. And as that event is connected to the next event and the next event, pretty soon when we look back on our past, we can see what the jigsaw puzzle looks like. So as of today, you are that jigsaw puzzle. Often we look at situations to think this was the worst event ever. And when that happens, we often allow that event to become our identity. For example, I'm the bankrupt person. I am the divorced person. I'm the lonely person. I'm the person who got fired. I'm the person who has this illness. When we get stuck and only focus on one of those jigsaw puzzle pieces, in other words, a life event, we don't take that step back to say, well, my life is still going to go on. And if it's going to go on, what do I do with this situation in front of me? 
if I allow this event to become my identity, I've then now changed essentially what that picture of the puzzle looks like. So now I become that identity. In each event, it can either become a stumbling block or a stepping stone. Now there are going to be times in life when things just don't make sense. It doesn't make sense when a baby dies. It doesn't make sense when someone is shot. Those events in our life, doesn't matter how much you try and figure it out, it just will never make sense to us because it's not logical. So if we get stuck on trying to figure things out of why things happened, and there's a time and place for that, but unfortunately, if we spend most of our time getting stuck in why something happened, we forget that we're not being present or mindful in this moment. And the more mindful you are in this moment, the more you create the trajectory of where you want to go. When you take stock of your life right now, I'm sure you're pretty amazing. So there may be things in your life that you've done that you're not proud of. And just like those random jigsaw puzzle pieces that seem like they don't fit anywhere, those things you're not proud of are part of you. In everything we do, there's always a lesson. So upon reflection, when you look at something, that is a great lesson for you to say, I don't ever want to feel that way again, or I don't ever want to do that again. But that's not who you are. It's simply a small little piece of who you are. So today, when you take inventory of your own self-esteem, there's probably a lot more going on for you than you may realize. Because of all the amazing choices you've made, some of the poor choices you've made, and even some of the mediocre choices you've made, that's made up for who you are today. So the more mindful you are of the choices you make in this moment and in the next moment and in the next moment, you'll find that six months from now, when you do this self-inventory, you'll probably have self-developed so quickly. And that's the exciting part. The more often you're aware of the choices you make today, the more quickly you'll accomplish your goals. I have a fantastic interview with Michael J. Black, who's going to talk about his book, Happy Endings, A New Beginning. You'll see how the choices he made based off of his life circumstances caused him to eventually have this epiphany to say, what am I doing? You'll be inspired when you hear his story. So stay tuned. Are you an expert in your field or an author who wants massive exposure? I am now looking for self-development experts to be a promotional guest on Lifeology. Currently, Lifeology has an average listenership of over 3 million people per episode. If you are ready to invest in your brand and promote yourself on Lifeology, then apply today. Simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash guest and apply for this opportunity. This is only for a limited time and only a select few will be chosen. So if you're ready to reach a global audience, then apply today. Simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash guest to apply. My guest today is Michael J. Black, who is a public speaker and the author of Happy Endings and a New Beginning. He recounts his personal story of abuse and the choices he made to become the person he is today. His story will inspire you and help you realize that your choices today create the foundation for tomorrow. Welcome to my show, Michael. Thank you, James. I appreciate you having me on your show. Yes, I am looking forward to hearing your story. When I was reading the information that you had sent to me, I knew that your story would really inspire my listeners today. So this is going to be a fantastic show. Great. Great. When you were four years old, we'll just jump right into it. You okay. experienced a huge tragedy in your life. Why don't we start, get some of that background information, and then we'll transition into your book. Well, uh, to give a little bit of a uh, backstory, I was born into a single family household. Um, I, my father was MIA. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a family of his own. But uh, at four years of age, it was a, a pivotal time in my life mm-hmm. in that I was touched inappropriately, not just once, but several times. 
um, over the next couple of years before my family moved to Shasta County, which is just just south of the Oregon border in California. So that uh, abuse, as it was, um, really changed the trajectory of my mm-hmm. life. You know, I um, I don't understand what it is that growing adults, in my case, a man, saw in a four-year-old boy. Yeah. And I don't think that oftentimes, you know, my abusers, and there was more than one abuser, um, I don't think that they take into consideration how this is going to impact the life exactly. of a child. And, you know, I think that as a result, not making excuses, but it's just the fact it, it stirred something in me. First of all, I struggled for years with guilt and still every once in a while it'll revisit me with the fact that I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think that that goes into having no male role model. I enjoyed the attention. Sure. I was getting the attention from a man. So I was kind of drawn to it and it kind of set my life path for sure. many years. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I mean, that's uh, it's, yeah. to talk on national radio here and to tell your yeah. story. That's so brave of you. And I know so many people right now listening to that uh, can relate to that. And it's such a tragedy. But, you know, one of the things that you really talk about is what when life happens to you, what do you do with it? From a psychological standpoint, I've worked with so many people, from people who have been predators to people who have been the victims of, of, the, yeah. of the abuse. When children experience a type of sexual abuse, they don't necessarily understand the, what is really happening. However, when there's physical gratifications for when they're being touched, that is what they understand because pleasure is pleasure. So there's mm-hmm. no aspect of it that says this is okay. It's just simply when they're being physically touched, there is that aspect of it feels good. So I really want to normalize that for you and for any of my listeners right now who may have that guilt that they enjoyed it. The truth is you would have enjoyed it. That's something that most people, when they reflect on their life and they have that guilt, it is something that is very normal and it's something that would make sense for anyone who was in that position. So like I said, I really want to normalize that for you. I'll say that last night I met with a female friend of mine. I've known her for years Mm -hmm. and she shared her own story of abuse. And in listening to her, she talked about how much she liked it. And she had this mad, passionate um, affair with her school teacher Mm -hmm. for multiple years, but she didn't see anything wrong with it as well. Like my story, she also knew not to talk about it. Sure. You know, and that's where a lot of the shame comes in Mm -hmm. for we who have been victimized is, is having this secret for many years. So. And it's unfortunate because as a child, understanding that they're not supposed to be able to talk about it from perhaps the, the predator has said this to them. Um, yeah. But there is that aspect of all of a sudden growing up so fast in your brain of something's happening and I don't have words for it. When it comes to developmental psychology, a child really only understands abstract thoughts at the age of 11. That's when it starts to develop. So anything younger than that, a child doesn't understand it. So to try and put words into a situation or trying to really conceptualize what is happening, it it really almost breaks the mind in some way. And I say that very loosely because there's, there's no um, context behind what's happening. Yeah, it absolutely derailed me. Um, You know, it's, uh, to be four, five, six years old, and then again at 10, 11, till at the adult, the age of adult, becoming an adult, it's, um, it catapults you into, at least in my world, I felt like 
well, I was having sex, so I mm-hmm. must be an adult yeah. at a young age. So it really robbed me, I, in my opinion, of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Of your innocence. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so it's difficult. As you grew up, you turned to drugs. Can you tell us more yes. about that? Well, I didn't turn to drugs in my high school years. In fact, my mother would tell you that I was a great kid. It mm-hmm. was my adult years where I gave her a run for her money. Um, I was actually 19 when I first uh, I tried drugs and was hooked right away. I was working for a local hospital. I had a really good job. Um, and for whatever reason, being the follower that I guess I was, I'm now more of a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed a woman into a unisex bathroom. I remember she straddled the, the toilet seat, wiped the tank with her arm, pulled out a little baggie and lined out a couple lines of methamphetamines. And she showed me how to do it. That's kind of where my addiction started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, at the time I wasn't, I don't think that anybody goes into a relationship with drugs wanting to become an addict. Sure. Um, the drugs just kind of grab hold and it really sent me down a rocky road. And, uh, you know, myself included, obviously there's more to the story, but, mm-hmm. um, good, our good choices do not come out of drugs. <laughs> um, drugs is never a good choice. And I had a 14 year love affair with drugs and so much more. And it's in the, it's in the book. That's definitely one thing I want my listeners to do is to purchase this book because I know it, it is going to inspire them in so many ways. What happened for you where you said, all right, the choices I'm making right now are creating the foundation for me for tomorrow. What, what happened in your life that gave you that epiphany? Well, that epiphany didn't come really until I be- reached sobriety, which at the age of 33, I became hospitalized. But it was in those years between 19 and 33 that um, my life reeked of havoc. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in and out of a lot of beds of men and even women. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the process, I contracted the virus. Now, back in the 80s and 90s, we all, we talk about the coronavirus now, but back in the day, I lived through the AIDS, HIV and Mm. AIDS virus uh, epidemic of the 80s and early 90s. Um, I didn't get through it unscathed. In fact, I don't think anybody did. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, in, at age 27, right in the midst of my drug addiction, I had what I thought was a pimple on my neck. I've had a history of acne and long story short, my boss, who was a registered nurse, had me go get it checked. She really recommended I go have this thing checked. I went and had it checked. And it was there in my doctor's office. Um, I tell people that when your doctor calls you and says, hey, we, you need to come in and talk, probably not a good Probably not good news. It's always good to take a second set of ears because you're going to hear the worst. And it was for me. I heard the doctor say from his lips to my ears, you have AIDS and you have cancer. And what I heard was you're going to die. My boss, who was with me at the time when I had that diagnosis, she heard glimmers of hope. She wasn't ready to throw in the towel. But mind you, this was... I was diagnosed November of 1992. This was before any big breakthroughs Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the world of HIV and AIDS. I suddenly had this death sentence based on my poor choices in life. Um, And, you know, I think that people can, people can prevent this type of havoc in their life if they just 
are wise and think about their and cognizant of their choices in yeah. life. So. One thing I always tell people as well is if you're going to make a choice, you always want to say, well, how will this choice affects the next thing I do? So yeah. if people are, let's say they're going out with their friends, and this is something that many people do. They go out with their friends and they're out all night. Well, if they haven't stopped and thought through and perhaps even made the decision before they went out to say, what time am I going to be home? Yeah. Because when you have to ask yourself, what's my responsibility tomorrow? If you haven't really thought that through of how going out with your friends can impact your next day, unfortunately, you'll find that you'll stay out longer and longer and yeah. longer. And then pretty soon you're like, oh my gosh, it's four in the morning. It's pretty extreme, but it's very right, late. Really. And all of a sudden you're like, I have to be up at 7 a.m. or whatever it might be. And, and so that's one thing, you know, just like you're saying from a very powerful standpoint of everything that you did and the choices you made led up to that diagnosis and then that diagnosis led on to other things in your life and now we're here many years later talking to you so that that's fantastic but from a very practical standpoint it is important that we always ask if i'm going to make this decision right now how does it impact the next thing i do and that next thing could be let's say maybe four hours from now but when you think that through yeah. methodically it helps you create a more healthy productive schedule a more healthier productive life but I'll tell you, you know, I, I, a firm believer that it's staying away from those poor choices that matters. You know, when I was 19 to 33, I thought nothing of, you know, it'd be five o'clock in the morning. I had to be to work at seven or eight o'clock, mm -hmm. but you know, it's hard to get that message across sometimes when somebody's caught up in their addiction. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest with you, James, I didn't even think of myself as an addict. I knew that I liked drugs, but I didn't, didn't recognize the fact that I needed the drugs. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and sobriety happened at 33. I'm one of the, one of the lucky ones, I guess, because a lot, so many people overdose. Yes, and there were times I wondered if I was going to, I am a firm believer that it's our choices that you kind of touched on it earlier that help dictate the trajectory of our mm -hmm. life. And one horrible choice going into that bathroom, which without even really thinking about it and doing my first line of methamphetamines, a horrible choice. Now, I know that there's lots of people who have never done drugs. Or maybe they drink. You know, I, you, just, you just don't make those uh, informative choices when you're under influence. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And that's one thing I always tell people. So to perhaps just to use a concept of what's healthiest for me. When we understand right. what's healthy, then that kind of takes away from good or bad. Because tomorrow yeah. I may have, let's say, a lot more energy tomorrow. Yeah. Like at the moment, I have a little bit of allergies. And so tomorrow, I know that I'm going to feel so much better and I'll have a lot more energy. So today, I have to look at what is my strength level or my energy level today. And with that energy level, what's the healthiest choice that I can make right this second? Yes. And tomorrow, yes. it might be different. It might be even more healthy choice. And so we always have to ask ourselves with the strength and with the mindset and with what's right in front of me, what does a healthier choice or healthiest choice look sure. like for me right now? Well, you know, for me as well, I want to say that I, since reaching sobriety at 33 and congratulations, I want to let, let your listeners know that sobriety is often very difficult to attain when you're trying to become sober in the town in which you became the addict. Mm, that's a good um, 
I was able to do it, but I confined myself. I made a choice to confine myself to a house and stay there until I felt strong enough. Yes, I went out periodically. I'm not saying that I didn't go out. But you were very mindful of your surroundings. Yeah, well, and as well, I started writing things down. I think sometimes when you write out your day, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go from point A to point B to point C to point D and just start checking them off. You're more mindful of the choices that you're making. You know, maybe I don't need to do this or, or, you know, maybe going that avenue is going to lead me down a path or be around somebody that I don't like, which is going to trigger, mm-hmm. you know, something in me. So, you know, I think that sometimes writing out your, which, what you have planned for the day or the year, whatever your, your, uh, goal is, um, helps you be a little more mindful of the choices that you make. I really like that. Just even the concept of let's look at the, you know, people want to break it down to the smallest components. So you can say, let's look at this next yeah. hour. Or I like what you did as far as really mapping out your 24 hours because yeah. there's no blind spots. Because if we don't have structure or don't have a way to really be mindful of where we're going to go, what we're going to do, then unfortunately, it's easy for us to revert back to the previous choices we made before yeah. because we've done it for so long. So our subconscious can say, oh, it's okay if I go over here, over there. And sure. then there's a part of you, perhaps even the addict side of you is like, huh, maybe I could run into someone. And so that whole thing is where it's so important that as you map out your day to really schedule those aspects of I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and sticking to that allows a person to be much more successful. Well, and somebody like myself, I recognize that I have addictive, I have what they call an addictive personality. I can easily, I've been addicted to Pepsi. I've been (laughs) addicted to drugs. You know, I have that in me. I've been addicted to gum. Mm. Um, You know, it happens. So I think that if you're more mindful of First off, you're an addict to your addictions, you know, admit that you're an addict Mm -hmm. and, you know, admit that maybe this isn't the right choice. This would be a better choice. So really my book just circles around. It talks a lot about choice um, and the choices that we make. And I think even the individuals who aren't addicts, who don't have your particular background or story, they can all relate with it because this is a story that we know someone who's gone through something, or maybe our life is a little less we haven't experienced as much, but we still always make a choice. Like right this second, people you're listening right now to the show and then you made a choice. So we often forget that if we allow ourselves to go on autopilot, we do the same things we've always done over and over and over again. So when we slow everything down and ask ourselves, why am I doing this right now? Why am I upset about this right now? Or why am I, why am I making this face? Or why am I sitting like this? When we have that opportunity to slow down and just ask ourselves, why am I doing this? That then opens up the dialogue in our brain to say, ah, well, maybe I can do something different. And we are more mindful of what we can do different. We'll find that that trajectory that, that he was talking about starts to change. And then while it starts to change, we start to find ourselves being much more successful in life. Well, you know, I also, in, in doing research with writing the book, I learned that the average adult, you and me and the her audience, makes upward of 35,000 choices every day. That's true. Many of which are just habitual. Yes. We just go through the motions but 35,000 seemed like a lot to me. So I started kind of counting them. I wasn't going to count 35 or 35,000 of them, but you know, I have to make a choice whether or not I want to get out of, the, out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. I have to make, make a choice in the world. You're, you're welcome. I have to make a choice whether or not I want to get dressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to make a choice whether I want to, you know, your, your choices add up fast. And I find that so many of us, myself included, we just, move through them without sometimes even thinking about exactly. it. Sometimes without thinking about things, which can lead us, 
lead us down the wrong path. Yes. So. When we're on autopilot like that, once again, we'll find that when we have that aha moment, we're like, whoa, how did I even get here? Yeah. So, you know, this book isn't, isn't, wasn't written to addicts. It's not written mm-hmm. to, it's not written to people who are in and out of beds. It's not written to the youth. It's not written to old people. What it's written to is not just people specifically, it's written for, written for everybody just to become a little more cognizant. And there's a lot of, Mm a lot of stories in the book um, around choice. You know, just think about your choices because they, they matter. And they add up very quickly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's one thing I always like to tell people is we're all self-made. Sometimes we focus on whom we think are the most successful people and like, oh, that's a self-made billionaire, which is true. But when we use that same concept for ourselves, we are self-made and then you fill in the blank because our choices yes, right this second determine the choices for tomorrow. And choices for tomorrow create the foundation for our future. Yes, sir. That's correct. That's correct. Looking at your book, Happy Endings and a New Beginning, tell us some of the reviews that you've received for it. Well, let me, let me say that I've heard from numerous people, which is very I guess, rewarding for me. I've, I can't tell you the amount of people who have come up to me, uh, n- not any men. One reason I wrote the book is because I find that men don't talk about sexual mm-hmm. abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, women are a little more apt to discuss it. And I've had women come up to me and say, you know, I was sexually abused and I've never told anybody about it. So, you know, I think that I'm not expecting that everybody go out and write a book and be so open and free about it. But it, for me, uh, being open about my past, not just the abuse, has helped to free me of the shame that I lived in for so long. Well, I think it's great hearing that people are coming up and talking to you and, and you're, yeah. you're creating a dialogue. You're allowing people to say, wow, Michael went through this. And since he went through this, he found his voice. So now yeah. I'm, I'm able to tell other people that perhaps tell you or tell someone close to them, that, yes, I've now found my voice. I've experienced this as well. So that's a wonderful thing that you're getting these types of reviews or these types of individuals who yeah. are, you are part of their healing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I've, it, it, it's just what's worked for me. You know, I lived in shame with a shameful past and, uh, the abuse itself was very shameful in that I knew not to talk about mm-hmm. it. And really through all of it, I found my voice and, and, um, I want to encourage other people, whether you've walked the same path that I've walked or walked different paths, to find your voice inside, to be able to live in the light of your own freedom. So, um, yeah, I hope that people will pick up my book. It's, it's, you know, I'm not, it's not that I'm looking to become the next Jack Canfield with chicken (laughs) soup for the soul. (laughs) Well, you never know. Well, Michael, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. I cannot believe the time just flew by. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, perhaps hire you for speaking engagements or to purchase your book. Where would they find this information online? The best place to find me is on Facebook. I'm more of a Facebook uh, social media person than I am the others. So I am on the other uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, but uh, under Michael J. Black or Michael Joseph Black, um, you can find me there. You can private message me. I've got an open line there. Um, But to pick up the book, they can pick up the book at any Barnes and Noble. If it's not in the store, you can ask at the counter. Again, happy endings and a new beginning. 
However, I do want to say it's been on Amazon for a bit and you can get it at a real good deal on Amazon.com. Wonderful. Well, my listeners also know that if they're not able to find your book, one more time, Happy Endings and a New Beginning, they may simply go to both stores and the previous guest products at either jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and it will connect them with Amazon. Michael J. Black, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, James. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.